Howdy. This is Vosh. You may know me from the YouTube channel, Vosh, where I livestream. Most of it's garbage, but sometimes the good bits get uploaded here. This is previously live. CNN did a town hall with Trump, all right? This town hall immediately follows the announcement that Trump is to be found civilly liable for sexual assault and defamation against a, I was about to say former compatriot, but that's not even true, against a woman uh, in the 80s. Apparently the town hall went disastrously. Also, people are getting copyright struck for watching it. So, Aaron Rupar, what do we got? Aaron Rupar, what do we got? Your thread about Trump CNN town hall starts here, does it? Subscribe to Aaron Rupar's public notice. Yeah, maybe. Aaron does a lot of good work. J.D. Vance on CNN dismisses Trump being found. Oh, well. Trump has an ability to appeal across the aisle. I certainly think he has the discipline to drive home that message tonight. Uh, but but I, I think he has a very effective and compelling message, which is, look, the Trump administration delivered prosperity. We can get back to it. We just have to take this country in a different but direction. But as you know, this... I do love J.D. Vance on uh, CNN. That's great. I love that. I love the consequences of CNN's uh, new corporate takeover, uh, leading to them deciding they need to appeal more to the middle of the road. That's super cool. Love that. Uh, town hall tonight comes a day after he was found liable for sexually abusing this woman. Well, look, I, I think that case is- Oh, so just, just so everyone's on the same page, CNN was recently bought out. They had a change in CEO, I'm sorry. They had a change in CEO. And the new direction for the company is them explicitly saying we're going to try to like appeal more to the middle of the road by like having more right wing people on. The problem is, is that like this is insane. First of all, having more right wing people on is tantamount to being wrong more often. That's one. For two, Republicans are never going to start watching CNN. Republicans are barely even willing to watch Fox at this point. Anyone who isn't openly Sieg Heiling is like too far left for them. You, you can't, like, dip your toe in fascist misinformation because anytime you say anything that's actually correct, you immediately snap them away. They're not going to move back to this. Uh, it's just another desperate attempt to buy relevancy when, hey, the American uh, 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 political climate is screaming for something like MSNBC to actually do for left-leaning people what Fox did for right-leaning people back in, like, the Bush administration, which is pivot into being an objective, like, uh, or sorry, not objective, an objectively like full tilt partisan organization. You know, if MSNBC would commit to being like properly left wing, I think they would catch like a pretty huge market demographic, but it's not going to happen because of course your corporate benefactors just would not go for that. Illustrative of what's gone wrong in this country. Simply put, the Democrats don't want to have a debate about prosperity and peace, about the failures of the Biden administration. They want to try to destroy this guy through the legal process. And if you look just at who's financing this litigation, at some of their political motives, this is really not about what Donald Trump did 25 years ago. This is trying to destroy Trump personally so they don't have to have a debate about the condition of this country and, and where to take it in the future. You know, you totally disagree with some of your fellow Republicans. I'll give you a few examples. Asa Hutchinson, uh, he says this. Love, love that completely unchallenged statement right there. Like, yeah, this, this, this litigation brought by a private citizen against Trump for sexual abuse decades ago is actually part of the Democrats' grand strategy. 
to not address Biden's administration's failings. This is another example of Trump's indefensible behavior. Senator Mitt Romney, your Republican colleague, says it shows Trump is not suited to be president. Uh, and there are more Republicans who keep coming out in the aftermath of all of these allegations against Trump and saying he should not be the nominee. Well, Asa Hutchinson is running against Trump for president, so I'm not surprised that he's saying some negative things, Wolf. But look, I, I think we have to be very, very clear about what's gone on in this country. In one jurisdiction, in particular New York, you have had lawsuit after lawsuit that's been about things that have nothing to do with the future of this country. The future of this what That's not... Private citizens don't file lawsuits in accordance with the future of this country. They file it in accordance with 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 civil liability. That, that's not how that works. J, J.D. Vance is a fascist. He was one of the big boys who was promoted by Peter Thiel, himself a fascist, who actually won't be funding the Republican Party candidates going forward because he thinks they focus too much on culture war issues. J.D. Vance is one of those fascists who, like, tries a little bit harder than most to be populist, but he's not, of course. Fascists can't really be populist because they can only defer to the will of the public as a kind of blunt force instrument by which to enact authoritarian anti-public reform. Uh, true populism, of course, isn't just about distrust of the elites or whatever, you know, but an authentic, like, grassroots, uh, ground-level challenge to establishment political norms which he can't be. He was literally funded by a billionaire. This country is, how do we secure the border? How do we get back to common sense economic policies that deliver good wages for workers and low inflation? I think it's, uh, it's unbelievable and it's bizarre that you have an effort to take down Trump personally so you, instead so of deal with the you don't believe the allegations the that E. Jean Carroll leveled against Trump. Carol. Well, I think fundamentally the lawsuit is about something that happened 25 years ago. It's a he said, she said situation. And I trust my friend and the guy that I've known. It was more than 25 years ago. And also what? And got to know. Uh, but, but look, what I also trust is the financial motives and the political motives of the people who finance this lawsuit. And they have said pretty consistently that this is about politics, not about what Trump did 25 so yeah, it's it basically just like, you know, all of the crimes and bad things that Trump has done, if they ever come to bite him, are actually part of, like, the Democratic machine. CNN heading in the direction of the Hippie Dippy Roundtable? Seriously. Oh, hey, Caitlin Collins. President wait, wait, isn't she... She's the one who's hosting this? She was the White House correspondent for the Daily Caller. She's the one CNN put up to hosting this, uh, round, this uh, town hall? Cool, love that. Thanks, CNN in more than a century to seek a return to the White House, and he is currently leading the Republican field while also facing multiple criminal investigations and an indictment. Just yesterday, he was found liable for sexual abuse and defamation. No questions are off the table, and we agreed to no conditions. We're here to get voters the answers that they deserve. Our president in more than a century... I love the fake populism. Man, every time these people talk, it's dripping off of them. This, like, you know, we're finally here to give the people the power back. Caitlin once wrote a Daily Caller article ranking Syrian refugees by hotness. That's based. No, it would be based if it was, like, a come-town bit, but not if it's an actual white nationalist. Uh, it's, there's a, you have to understand, depending on the levels of irony involved. Biden, please welcome the frontrunner for the Republican nomination, former President Donald Trump. Dude, is he Frankenstein? Look at him.
Look at him lumbering. God damn. Well, he is old. President Trump, thank you for your time thank here you. tonight. We got a, a great crowd here in New Hampshire, a lot of voters, uh, with a lot of questions about what your 2024 term would look like, what another Trump term would look like. We'll get to the voters shortly, but your poll showed that you were dominating. The audience was entirely MAGA, but oh, well, the whole audience started clapping when he came out, which makes me think that, like, yeah. The Republican race right now, but you were also under active federal investigation for trying to overturn the 2020 election results. Your first term ended with a deadly riot at the Capitol, and you still have not publicly acknowledged the 2020 election results. Why should Americans put you back in the White House? Because uh, we did fantastically. We got 12 million more votes than we had in, uh, as you know, in 2016. Uh, I actually say we did far better in that election. Got the most uh, that anybody's ever gotten as a president of the United States. Uh, I think that uh, when you look at... Vosh, not American, I thought CNN was notoriously left-wing. Uh, no. CNN, uh, for a long time, CNN was probably the most, the largest and most institutionally present in, uh, 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 news network in the sense that they had, like... Um, I, I wouldn't say they had, like... like I, I'm not saying they're good, but they had, like, well-developed journalistic credibility that gave them a lot of presence. And the right accused them of being far left because they would occasionally report facts. The size of CNN basically meant that they were often like prominent in their promotion of some factual information. And that is enough to be considered far left by the Republican Party. You know, I mean, we're we're dealing we're dealing with a party right now where if you acknowledge that climate change is happening, an undisputedly correct position to take, they'll call you like far left and George Soros funded and blah, blah, blah. So it doesn't take much to get labeled far left by them. Um, but, uh, uh, CNN is not, and never has been like a left wing network, really. Uh, at most they were like liberal centrist, um, but they've always been large enough that they had a relatively ideologically diverse, uh, you know, set of pundits and journalists, though it's been getting a lot worse lately, obviously with their shift towards the right. That result. And when you look at what happened during that election, uh, unless you're a very stupid person, you see what happens. A lot of the people... <laughs> A lot of the people in this audience, and maybe a couple that don't, but most people uh, understand what happened. That was a rigged election, and it's a shame that we had to go through it. It's very bad for our country. All over the world, they looked at it, and uh, they saw exactly what everyone else saw. You look, even if you just look recently, with the 51 intelligence agents, that made a 16-point difference. Uh, if you look at the but FBI... If you look at the FBI and... Uh, Twitter, uh, they call it Twitter files, made a big difference. If you look at Mr. President, the vote, back to what you just said there, though, it, it was not a rigged election. It was not a stolen election. You and your supporters lost more than 60 court cases on the election. It's been nearly two and a half years. Can you publicly acknowledge that you did lose the 2020 election? Let me, let me just go on. If you look at True the Vote, they found millions of votes on camera, on government cameras, where uh, they were stuffing ballot boxes. So with all... Man, there's still... It really is crazy how we spent all that time in 2020 and 2021, like, all of these got debunked, and it doesn't matter. They just keep saying them anyway, you know? This is why... And I'm serious about this. I really do think, like, um, past a point, this should just be sedition charges, you know? 
there's I don't think there's anything wrong with questioning corruption in our institutions, but like after losing five million court cases and being as objectively proved like I, I feel like past a point you should be able to um convict people on defamation to the democracy itself. Because constantly delegitimizing a democracy is like the number one thing that fascists do. It's the number this is literally the groundwork of every coup, every attack on democracy, it's a set of completely unfounded, unjustifiable attacks on things that are factually not the case, you know? Um, I mean, past that point, do we just have to accept that they're going to lie for it forever, or lie about it forever and ever and ever, no matter what you say, what you do, that it has to be just this infinite talking point? All of that, I think it's a shame that what happened, I think it's a very sad thing for our country. I think it's a very sad thing, frankly, for the world, because if you look at what's gone to our country, our country has gone to hell. Our borders are bad. Our military is bad. I love our borders. You look at the taxes, you look at inflation, what's happened to inflation. It's just destroying our country. Uh I think 80% of the country either realizes it's bullshit or doesn't care at this point, at least. I think something like 60% of Republicans feel the election was, uh, was rigged. So a lot of questions about the economy and foreign Good. policy tonight, but, but what you just said there, Republican officials debunked those claims about fraudulent ballots. We want to give you a chance Who? tonight. Who? Republican officials Who? in Georgia and every single state. Uh, there is no, your own election officials, Mr. Look, President. Uh, so we wanted to give you a chance. People were afraid to take on the issue, but we have a big... Again, just to be perfectly clear, we have, thanks to the, um, the Jan 6 committee, we have leaked documents we know that everyone in the White House, including Trump, knew that they were lying. There's, there's no batting about this. It doesn't matter what happens or what is said. We know for an absolute fact that Trump himself and his officials uh, were aware that the election was not stolen. And then they would go on TV to say that it was. We know that. There's no reason to ever take any of this seriously again. I'll never get to debate this with a conservative, by the way. They don't want to debate this. They just want to say it. Big problem in this country. We have we wanted elections. To to we have elections that were horrible. If you look at what happened in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, if you look at what happened in Detroit, Michigan, if you look at what happened in Atlanta, millions of votes. And all you have to do is take a look at government cameras. You'll see them. People going to 28 different voting booths to vote to put in seven ballots apiece. Mr. President, and they're all I on have camera. to stop you there because because there is no evidence of that. Complete, literally just just like fabricating, like just making it up, literally just like saying things. Your own election officials testified to that and have said that Republicans in these states did this. In Georgia, there were multiple recounts, including a hand recount. We have a lot of questions about the economy and foreign Good. policy tonight. But but what you just said there. That's about the 2020 election results in the past. You once suggested terminating the, com the Constitution. Do you stand by those comments? No, no. You were able to do certain things. I'm not talking about terminating the Constitution. I'm talking about cherishing the Constitution. And why do you say terminating? The Constitution says it was supposed to have legal and well-maintained and well-looked-at elections, and we didn't have that. I cherish our Constitution. But we have to live up to the Constitution. We weren't living up to the Constitution. I was just saying there's no evidence of that election fraud. You did I once tweet. You're supposed to say that, but you know, I'm glad you say that. But look, it's that was truth, a horrible election. That was a horrible election. And unless somebody's very stupid, and I know you very well, you're not stupid at all, uh, but you perhaps are given an agenda or you have an agenda. Look, we have to have honest elections in our country. We have open borders. We have. Damn, it's like the whole audience.
but they bought. Oh my god, look at how old the audience is. Holy shit, no kidding. Look at that. Look at this geriatric ass audience. And and 20 year olds with bad haircuts wearing suits that don't fit them, which is like classic uh, college Republican TPUSA stuff. Regrets about your actions on January 6th? Well, you know, uh, January 6th was again, we go. It was confirmed CNN chose who was in the audience. What the fuck is this cope? CNN did Joe Biden a favor. CNN picked an audience of GOP primary voters, including MAGA folks. This egged on Trump to make incredibly damaging statements for the general election. Any non-MAGA American watching was reminded again that Trump is a monster. I f hate liberals, man. Holy shit. Why am I following this guy? Thank God we're not oomphies. I f hate liberals. This is the same shit that led to Hillary Clinton losing back in 2016. I'm so glad the media gave billions in free advertising to uh, Donald Trump's campaign so now every American can see what a horrible monster he is. Right, yeah. Phenomenal. Love that. Love that, love that, love that. Go back to it, but January 6th had to do with the fact that hundreds of thousands of people, and you don't see the pictures very often, <laughs> a lot of the people here probably were there. January 6th, it was the largest crowd I've ever spoken to. That was prior to the walk down to the Capitol building. I don't think, and I've spoken to hundreds of thousands of people, I've never spoken to a crowd as large as this. And that was because they thought the election was rigged. And they were there proud. They were there with love in their heart. That was an unbelievable, and it was a beautiful day. Do you have any regrets? So yeah, like, I, this is what I mean with, like, the sedition charge shit, okay? Like, past a point, like, so you, ha you have a guy who not only orchestrated, like, a, a crowd attacking the Capitol building to execute politicians to prevent, to, in order to instate, like, a, a coup for Donald Trump, but then he just gets to go on. He gets to just continue being a private citizen, continue saying the election was rigged, continue saying that January 6th was great, actually. And now he's running again. He's just saying it all openly. I feel like we dodged a bullet and everyone's like, well, certainly we won't have to dodge a second one. You know, like, I, it, like, like it, it, this, like, I feel like the equivalent of this is like, I, I don't need, I, I actually, okay, real question, guys. Can somebody think of any other country where a politician, after losing, attempted a violent coup, lost, and then faced no legal consequences, continued to promote the coup that he didn't get done, and then just ran again legally? Adolf? Adolf is close, but he was arrested after the Beer Hall Putsch, and he was appointed, not elected. But, you know, that's the closest that I can think of. But, but you, you, you acknowledge that this is insane, right? It's 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 actually insane. Like it's fucking insane. In the form of Twitter, now I use Truth, Truth Social. I think it's far superior. Okay. I hope everybody's. On, I hope everybody's on Truth. Uh, if you and this was in the. Nice, nice meme. Officers with flagpoles, tasing them, beating them up. When it was clear they weren't being peaceful, why did you wait three hours to tell them to leave the Capitol? They listen to you yeah. like no one else. You know that. They do. I agree with that. But so why Nancy didn't you Pelosi, tell them to go Nancy Pelosi, and the mayor are in charge. I assume they were able to do their job. They weren't. But and Pelosi's not in. in charge of Capitol security. And if you security. remember, I made a video right outside the Oval Office in the Rose Garden, 
And I'm very proud of that video. I didn't have a script. I don't need scripts like a certain person. Oh, is this the video where he looked like a beaten dog and he asked people to, like, be peaceful at Gen 6? I remember that. He looked so sad there. Do you guys remember how... Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Trump video Gen 6 peaceful Rose Garden. Do you guys remember how broken he looked there? We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent... Honest question. How does the liberal take of Trump's town hall show people are crazy as different from Matt Walsh, Crowder, etc. will push away the mainstream voter? Um, because being on the CNN town hall is itself like a legitimization of these positions. If Matt Walsh was given a seat right here on CNN to just calmly say a bunch of genocidal Nazi shit, that would be really bad. Even if, when said from his YouTube channel, I think that they're actually bad for his movement. You know, the, 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 the medium here gives legitimacy where it shouldn't be given, I think. And that's, that's ultimately the problem. That's in what there time, right now. The, the video, it, it came out much later after they had already that's attacked right the Capitol. Yeah. Okay. That was a great video. Yeah, having the crowd like packed with people who cheer every time he says something wrong, that also gives what he says legitimacy. And it was a beautiful video, and it said, I mean, I don't want to read it all, but... Like, can you imagine how f***ing funny this would have been if the crowd was jeering and booing every time he said anything, and he just got really flustered? That would have been amazing. That would, that's like leftist praxis, unironically. He's so fragile. His ego is so fragile. He would lose his shit. He would like shout at them. You have, you have to go home now. We have to have peace. Windows, they were. She's pushing back surprisingly. Um, no, it not in a meaningful, oh, well, I'll talk about her performance at the end. But I think the reason the timeline is so critical here, because going back to your influence, in Here's that three hours, over 140 officers were injured that day. And a person named Ashley Babbitt was killed. Yes. You know what? Damn, good. Yeah, crazy. I wonder if she could have just not tried to, to do a coup. Skill issue. I've never tried to do a coup. She was killed, and she shouldn't have been killed. And that thug that killed her, there was no reason to shoot her. At blank range, cold blank range, they shot her. And she was a good person. She was a patriot. One there was no was reason. There. To, there was no reason. And he went on television to brag about the fact that he killed her. That the officer was not bragging about the fact that he oh, killed he her. But bragging. one person who was law and order. Vosh, the cop, was a black guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. You heard it. He said thug. Obviously. But one person who was at the was Capitol bragging. that day, as you know, was your vice president, Mike Pence, who says that you endangered his life on that day. I don't do think he feel, was in any danger. Mr. President, do you feel that you owe him an apology? No, because he did something wrong. He should have put the votes back to the state legislatures, and I think we would have had a different outcome. I really He is not legally allowed to do that. But he doesn't have the authority to do that, as you know. What? My my question to you is, will you pardon the January 6 rioters? And look at this Republican median voter right here. Who were convicted of federal offenses. Uh, I am inclined to uh, pardon many of them. 
I can't say for every single one because like so the, again is a politician loses re-election tries to orchestrate a violent coup fails spends four years non-stop promoting the coup as he preps for re-re-election and says that once he's in power he will pardon the people who did the first coup what it's insane in the future, when people are learning about this in history classes, they are going to make fun of us so f***ing hard. They're going to be in, like, future history class. They're going to be like, wait, they let him run again. Wait, he did the coup, and then they just let him, he just, he, 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 he did the coup, and he didn't deny doing the coup. He bragged about doing the coup. He said he wished the coup had succeeded. And then, and then he said he would free the people who did the coup, and we just let him run again. We did that. Oh, cool. Like, in in hindsight, this is one of those historical decisions that's going to be regarded with all of the, like, grace and wisdom of, like, any of the insane shit that happened up to the American Civil War or the uh, the, or the the Revolutionary War or just any of those, like, wow, who could have seen that coming moments, you know? He literally tweeted or truthed or whatever, we should end the Constitution. Like, what? A couple of them, probably they got out of control, but... You know, when you look at Antifa, what they've done to Portland, and if uh, you look at Antifa, look at what they've done to Minneapolis and uh, so many other, so many other places. Look at what they did to Seattle and BLM. BLM. True. I, I actually live in the only house left amidst a smoldering pile of ruin. Uh, Chaz has stretched all the way from the, uh, you know, from, from, from Puget Sound to uh, Lake Washington, just a gigantic autonomous zone where... Uh, warlords of uh, various ethnic uh, backgrounds patrol and get sloppy toppy from uh, subservient white women with uh, dyed hair and dreads. Many people were killed. These people. Like my president. My when you said you are considering pardoning a large portion of those charged with crimes on January 6th, does that include the four Proud Boys members who were charged and convicted of seditious conspiracy? I don't know. I'd have to look at their case, but I will say, in Washington, D.C., you cannot get a fair trial. You cannot. Just like in New York City, you can't get a fair trial. Literally one day after being found liable for sexual abuse. Um, oh, yeah. Free people? Yeah, I'll free the, like, fascist militia. Usually you, you leave office, you say, I'm sorry, but I'm going to back home. I'm back home to my family and everything. I'm going to be resigned. My poll numbers went up, and they went up with the other fake charge, too. Because what's happening is they're doing this for election interference. This woman, I don't know her. I never met her. I have no idea who she is. I had a picture taken years ago with her and her husband, nice guy, John Johnson. He was a newscaster, a very nice man. She called him an ape. The, the picture that he looked at mistook her for his ex-wife happens to be African-American, called him an ape. The judge wouldn't allow us to put that in. Her dog. Why the f*** would the judge allow you to admit evidence of her being racist? In a, in a case about sexual abuse, why, of what relevance is that to the case? Also, she was someone who was hanging out with Trump in the 80s. Obviously, she's racist. Or her cat was named Vagina. The judge wouldn't allow to put that in. Why? All of these things. He would, but with her, they could put in anything. Access this Hollywood. This was a jury of nine people who found right. you liable of sexual abuse. Do you think that, that that will deter women from voting for you? No, I don't think so, because I think the whole thing... Just so you understand. Ready? I 
never met this woman. I never saw this woman. This woman said, I met her at the front door of Bergdorf Goodman, which I rarely go into, other than for a couple of charities. I met her in the front door. She was about 60 years old, and this is like 22, 23 years ago. I met her in the front door of Bergdorf Goodman. I was immediately attracted to her, and she was immediately attracted to me. And we had this great chemistry. We're walking into a crowded department, so we had this great chemistry. What the and a happening? few minutes later, we end up in a, a room, a dressing room, of Bergdorf Goodman, <laughs> right near the cash register. And then she found out there were locks on the door. So she said, I found one that was open. She found one. She learned this at trial. She found one that was open. What kind of a woman meets somebody and brings them up, and within minutes, you're playing hanky-panky in a dressing room, okay? <laughs> I don't know if you... I think he's saying that's what she said. But in his... So this is very I'm not a rapist material where he's saying I never met her, but her account of the story is that actually I, I like seduced her and swooned her and had sex with her. And in her account, it wasn't rape, even though she says it was rape. But I never met her. You know what I mean? Like, like it, what, he, what he's clearly saying here is like he, he's saying I never met her. But he's also saying, but hypothetically, if I had had sex with her, she actually loved it. She loved it so, so much, you know, which is like this is like the most stereotypical, like rapist thing you could possibly say, which is you you legally have to deny. But like you also can't like let go of the account. So you have to be like, OK, but if it had happened, she would have loved it, actually. Yeah, it's like O.J. Simpson's vibes. Yeah, or Simpson vibes. Yeah. If I did it. No self-control. Can I ask you, given your recounting, I your version? I don't know who, and, and I tell you this. But Mr. President, are you ready? Can I, can I, and I can swear I on my children, which I never do, I have no idea who this woman, this is a fake story, made up story. We had a horrible Clinton appointed judge. He was horrible. He allowed her to put everything in. He allowed us to put nothing in. Mr. President, this is a you're fake recounting your version story. of events here right now. Can I ask you, given your was a tape deposition of you from October in it. You defended the comments that you made on that Excess Hollywood tape about being able to grab women how you want. Do you stand by those comments? I said, if you're famous and rich or whatever I said, but I said, if you're a star, uh, you are, and I said, women let you. I didn't say you grip. I said, women let. You know, you didn't use that word, but if you look, women let you. Now, they said, will you take that back? I said, look. For a million years, this is the way it's been. I want to be honest. This is the way it's been. I can take it back if you'd like to, but if we're, we're all we're all like past me saying like this is rapist shit, right? We all know this has been litigated for years, right? We all know. Uh, again, like an astonishing lack of self control. He is incapable of. Well, then again, his lack of self control is the um, the main reason he got votes back in 2016. You know, that was what differentiated him from the more orderly politicians. Uh, that he shared the primary stage with. So this does appeal to Republicans who are pro-rape and like raping. Um, yeah, I don't know. If you're a famous person, if you're a star, and I'm not referring to myself, I'm saying people that are famous, people mm -hmm. that are you stars, were asked in the deposition, people that are rich, to be a star people that are powerful, yes. uh, they tend to do pretty well in a lot of different ways, okay? And you would like me to take that back? I can't take it back because it happens to be true. I said it's been true for one million years, approximately a million years, perhaps a little bit longer than that. <laughs> so you stand by those comments? Well, I don't want to lie. Mr. Oh, President, we have what, a lot of here's questions. Here's what she Mr. wants President. to say. Phenomenal stuff. So was the t what was the town hall?
Caitlin Collins has pretty much given up on fact-checking Trump's lies. In fairness, it's hard to fact-check this blizzard of falsehoods, which is the problem with giving Trump an open, open mic in the first place. No, so here's the ultimate problem. Like, some people are saying, oh, well, she's pushing back. She's not really. This is very weak pushback for a f***ing presidential candidate, okay? If you're going to have Trump on, you need to actually hold him to account, which is, this, like, you, you need to be rude. The problem is you can't hold Trump to account while maintaining this civil discourse bullshit. You need to sit him down. If he says something wrong, you need to actually, like, you need to interrupt him. You need to talk over him. You need to mock him if he lies. You need to say, you know, you, you need to actually, like, tear into him. You, you, you can't, like, every, every liberal, and she's not a liberal, by the way. She's a fascist, too. Every liberal or whatever else person who's tried to sit Trump down and correct him, what does it all amount to? A wet fart. Remember he when he was sat down by that guy who 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 had the debate with John Stewart, the more liberal leaning uh, 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 Fox pundit. Remember the time he got sat down by the guy who had the papers with the COVID the COVID numbers. Remember there was that like yeah Wallace. There was that uh, there was that picture of him looking confused at at Donald Trump. He was holding the papers up. Remember back and forth Jonathan Jonathan Swan. Yeah yeah that guy. And what has this amounted to in the long run? Has it has it reduced his popularity? No. Nothing. All it's done is give liberals something to smugly jerk themselves off over. You know, we're smarter than that guy. No shit you're smarter than Trump, dumbass. Quit settling for so little. The only thing you should be really looking to do with Donald Trump in public when you're holding him to account is break his image. You want to make him angry. You want to make him flustered. You want to treat him like a child. Embarrass him. He has a very fragile ego. Why is there not more focus on breaking his ego. Make him look like a fool. Have him cry about it. Make him spend the rest of his life talking about what an unfair interviewer you were. Make him look weak. That's what you need to do. What, you think you're gonna you think you're going to get anything done on like a facts basis? Like, oh yeah, if only if only instead of saying you know, if instead of like correcting the 87 lies he said, if we if you'd corrected 91, that would have made the difference. No, it doesn't. He just like rambles on past it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like he's gonna go, oh, you're right, you know. He's just gonna leave, then let him leave. Make him look weak. Bait him in. This is something I do with my streams. If you have somebody on who you want to tear into, but you don't want them to leave right away, you sucker them in, and then once they're invested, you tear them up. It's easy stuff. This is not like advanced tactics. It is an artificial, uh, a, a, a liberal uh, framework of engagement that prevents them from acting this way. Yeah, Ethan Klein did this with Ollie London like just a couple days ago. And then we were given a gift from China, and China paid a big price. And let me tell you something. I took in hundreds of billions of dollars in taxes from China. But prior to COVID coming in, and then I rebuilt the economy again a second time. But we had prior to COVID coming in as, as from China, from Wuhan, which I said it came from Wuhan. Everybody said, oh, you're wrong about that. You're wrong. It came from Wuhan. I said it right from day one. So... And then we were given a like, how, like, what are you going to do? Fact check this rambling nonsense? How can we move forward? Uh, such an important question. So we're at thirty-three trillion dollars—a number that nobody ever thought possible. When we had our economy rocking and rolling, he hasn't won an election since twenty sixteen. It's not like they're winning because of this discourse. What? The only election he's had since twenty sixteen was in twenty twenty where he got like 77 million votes or whatever.
What do you mean? Are you suggesting that he's politically irrelevant? Just prior to COVID coming in, like literally, we were making a fortune. And oil, we were going to make so much money from oil, we were going to start paying off debt. But then with COVID coming in, we had to do other things. We had to keep this country alive because it was so serious. Republicans have been losing because of him since 2018. Massive coke. If you, if you really think that like Donald Trump has sunk the GOP thus, like that's just not true. I'm sorry. It's just not true. But we have to get the country back. We have to lower energy prices. We have to lower interest rates. Interest rates are through the roof. Energy has to come down. It all has to come down. And we have to start paying off debt. But when we have a debt limit, and they use that very seriously to me, they came in, Schumer came in with Nancy Pelosi, and they were using it. We'll violate it. We'll do whatever. They talked a whole lot different than they do right now. I say to the Republicans out there, congressmen, senators, if they don't give you massive cuts, you're going to have to do a default. And I don't believe they're going to do a default because I think the Democrats will absolutely cave. Because you Defaulting on our debt would be like the end of the world economy. I can't... I Okay. Default, the United States defaulting on all of its debt would, would bring about the greatest global economic crisis since the Great Depression, possibly surpassing the Great Depression. It would, it would functionally be like a miniature apocalypse. Uh, it would, yeah, it would, it would end like everything. Um, it, yeah, it would be the rapture. Yeah, it's, it, we would literally never recover. Yeah, no, it would be like the end of all things. The end of capitalism? No, it would not be the end of capitalism. It would be the end of this form of capitalism and the beginning of another, much worse form of capitalism. Don't make the mistake of assuming that every collapse leads us towards our political system. It doesn't. Not even close. You don't want to have that happen, but it's better than what we're doing right now because we're spending money like drunken sailors. So you know just to be clear, Mr. President, you think the U.S. should default if the White House does not agree to the spending cuts Republicans well, are demanding? Well, you might as well do it now because you'll do it later because we have to save this country. Our country is dying. Our country is being destroyed by stupid people. I wish I could talk to a Republican who, who could defend this statement. Like, like one of those like Ben Shapiro type Republicans who pretends to have any care about how the economy goes or whatever. I would love to have a conversation with them about how like, so it, so a president or like a presidential candidate saying that they want to default on the US debt, this should be taken with about the level of like gravitas as a presidential candidate saying that if they win, they will immediately execute every person who's quarter black or higher and then nuke the Midland uh, of United States. Like we're talking about a level of threatened destruction that is basically unparalleled. Like, like if, 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 if Hillary Clinton said like, if I win, we will nuke Russia. We're talking, I'm, I'm, almost genuinely saying that this is like a comparable threat level in terms of like global stability uh it's insane what will happen if we default in our debt don't blow up everything will happen i can't if, if they if we defaulted on our debt everything ends it's over i like everything okay the floor will collapse from under you the sky will turn red the rivers will run with blood everything is i don't it's the entire world economy is built on like the systems of, of debt and ownership that the United States is the central pillar to. We are like the it's it's everything. It'll be like third impact. OK, it'll be like the end of Evangelion. 
it all comes crumbling down. Literally, okay? I, I cannot... I don't even want to describe what specifically, because I don't think anyone could tell you. Like, if you ask an economist, um, like, hey, it third... Like, well, not third impact. Uh, the U.S. is defaulting on its debt. What happens next? They wouldn't answer you because they would immediately run for their drawer where they keep a gun and shoot themselves. Like, they, I don't think you... <laughs> they, they, they would be, like, rattling the drawers trying to find, like, which one of them has the bullets in it, you know? American economist hears of Trump's plan to default on the debt. Found scribbled this in a notebook laying next to his corpse. Trump legit has killed more Americans than Al-Qaeda and ISIS has? Oh, yeah, of course. And defaulting on the debt would kill more Americans than, like, COVID or anything else ever. What's defaulting? Like declaring bankruptcy, like defaulting, like, uh, I, I can't pay this. I'm not going to pay this basically. Good stuff. By very stupid people. You once said that using the, that using the debt ceiling as a negotiating wedge, uh, just could not happen. You, you said that sure. when you were in the That's Oval Office. President. To, so why is it different? I wish I knew why it was about, I don't really get the debt thing. Okay. I'll, okay. I'll actually explain. I'm going to stop being hyperbolic and I'll explain. Okay. So. Managing a nation's finances and managing households' finances are two totally different things. The United States prints money, obviously. You know, the United States government is in control of the currency that it uses, regulates, produces. And because we're on top, the dollar is the global reserve currency. That is to say, the strength of the U.S. dollar is basically like the background economic strength of all dollars that are compared against it. We're like the template against which other currencies are compared. When other countries are doing like um, math on whether or not they're experiencing inflation, whether or not their currency is getting weaker or stronger, they do it compared to us. We're the top dog. The US dollar is really powerful, it's really important. It's so important that basically every country on earth keeps reserves of US dollars. I know we think of US dollars as like an abstract thing, but in reality, like you either have it or you don't. You know, if a country has zero U.S. dollars in its reserves, it lacks a critical like economic tool that it can use in a variety of ways, often when it comes to currency transfers or purchasing stuff from America. So many countries have literally billions of dollars in, in U.S. dollars just in their country waiting. Now, if the United States defaulted on all of its debts, this would mean a number of things. It would instantly mean an effective collapse in the value of the U.S. currency, which means global economic chaos. But moreover, it also means that the United States is saying that it will no longer be honoring any of its debts to any other countries, institutions, or to its own intergovernmental organizations. And what that basically means is that a, like a, a, a central pillar to the global economic, like, um, uh, uh, like like international uh, relation, the 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 thread, the 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 weave that binds countries together, uh, the central pillar of it, by far the largest, would just disappear uh, instantly. Uh, faith in American currency gone. Uh, faith in American like debtors and our economic stability gone. All these countries that rely on us as like a background for economic stability done. It would be like it. It would be. It's like an economic nuke, but possibly worse. Uh, like if you if you nuked like I don't know, like Chicago or New York City or something. I feel like the deaths immediately from that would be more than America defaulting on its debts. But ten years down the line, they'd be less. We're talking like an unbelievable level of destruction. Yeah, the off switch for reality. So just, it's not good. That's, yeah, it's, it's very, very bad. Now that you're out of office. Because now I'm not president. <laughs> nice. Coming, 
Uh, this is a bit of a pivot, but uh, with gun <laughs> violence and mass shootings in the news cycle recently, I'm worried that state governments and the federal government are going to act to repress gun rights. Uh, under your administration, you uh, instructed the Department of Justice and the ATF to ban bump stocks. If elected president again, how would you act not only to defend our Second Amendment rights, but to restore rights that have been taken from us, um, such as, by example, recently the ATF's ruling on the pistol stabilizing braces? Yeah, as you know, the bump stocks are actually a very unimportant thing. And <laughs> NRA, I went with them, and they said it doesn't mean anything. They were actually, all they do is teach you how to shoot very inaccurately. So we did that. Uh, there's been nobody that's protected the Second Amendment, as you know, like I have. I protected it through thick and thin, not easy to do. But we have a very big mental health problem in this country. And again, it's not the gun that pulls the trigger. It's the person that pulls the trigger. And we have to protect our Second Amendment. We have to protect our Second Amendment. Mr. President, you dealt with a lot of mass shootings when you were in office. This year, there have already been... Mm -hmm. This year, there have already been more than 200 mass shootings yeah. in 2023. If you are reelected, are there any new gun restrictions that you would sign into law? I would do uh, numerous things. For instance, schools, we would harden, very, very much harden. And I also, I'm a very believer, I believe in teachers. I love teachers. I think they're incredible. And they love the children, not quite like the parents, but they love the children in many cases almost as much. Many of these teachers are soldiers, ex-soldiers, ex-policemen. They're people that really understand weapons. And you don't need 5% of the teachers would be more than you could ever have if you're going to hire security guards. But in addition to that, have security guards. Uh, you have to harden your entrances. You have to make schools safe. And you can make other... We're a third world country, man. This is insane. Con yeah, conservatives love to harden themselves around elementary schools, true. Women voters in New Hampshire who are concerned about the Dobbs decision and how states may change their laws. It's such a great question, and it was such a great victory, and uh, people are starting to understand it now. Uh, you know that they wanted to bring it back to the states, but that was probably the least... It's so funny that, like, Donald Trump has probably paid for hush abortions, like, dozens of times, right? We're talking about like a rapist um, infidelity enjoying like New York City businessman. Like, Matt, he's probably funded like dozens and dozens throughout his life. Important part of that victory. Getting rid of uh, Roe v. Wade was an incredible thing for pro-life because it gave pro-life something to negotiate with. Pro-life had absolutely nothing being stuck in Roe v. Wade to negotiate with. And now what's happening, and I see it all over, uh, deals are being made, deals are going to be made, and it, it, look, everybody that was president wanted to get rid and tried to get rid of Roe v. Wade. You mean For 50 years, Republicans. For 50 years, this has been going on, actually a couple of Democrats too, but for 50 years this has been going on. I was able to do it, and I was very honored to do it, but by doing it, things are happening that are very, very positive, and you have to, I happen to believe in the exceptions, the life of the mother, rape, incest, like Ronald Reagan believed in the exceptions, but I happen to believe that. I think it, I think it's frankly important to do that, but a lot of people are, uh, you know, against that, a, sm a relatively small, relatively small number, but the so way I wonder if he's going to get any backlash for saying that he's in favor of exceptions. I bet, I bet DeSantis will bring that up on the debate stage, if he even runs, because DeSantis looks like he might not even run against Trump. Because they, the, the, so way I, the way I look, I think it's very important to say this. I consider the other side to be radical because the other side under Roe v. Wade and other things, the other side, they're radical because they will 
Remember the debate with Hillary Clinton? I said, rip the baby out of the womb at the end of the ninth month. They will kill the baby. Is that what, is that what Hil did Hillary Clinton say? That? That's pretty wild. I believe him uncritically that she said that. In the ninth month. If you look at that crazy governor of Virginia from the former governor, where he said, no, the baby will be born, and then we'll decide essentially whether or not to execute but the Mr. baby. But, Mr. President, can we talk about what you would do if no, you are No, but these are the radical people. It's not the pro-life people that are radical. But if you are re-elected and you're back in the Oval Office and you get legislation to your desk, would you sign a federal abortion ban into law? Uh, what I'll do is negotiate so that people are happy. But the fact that we were able, I was able, I'm so proud of it, we put three great justices on the Supreme Court. We have almost 300 federal judges on the Supreme Court. The pivot there is interesting because if if they did try to pass a national abortion ban, I think that guarantees a Democrat victory in 2024. Um, the actual effects of the abortion bans aren't even that popular with Republicans. Like in state polling, I mean, we saw in Canvas they didn't want to amend the constitutional the, the state constitution amendment um, with regards to uh, abortion laws, like. If you take a look at the popularity of abortion bans, even with Republicans, it's just not that high. Uh, the problem is, and I know this seems contradictory because a lot of Republicans are anti-Roe v. Wade, but what you have to understand is that Republicans are also retards. So a lot of them will be anti-Roe v. Wade, but then you'll ask them, oh, how do you feel about the state forcing you to give birth? And they'll be like, oh, we don't want that because they're literally like, like fucking monkeys. Like they're actually like fucking animals. They can't think. Um, so... I, I, the the position they're in is one in which they abstractly hate Roe v. Wade, but once like in practice they have their like you know their daughter's oopsie babies not being able to be uh, aborted, and like all of a sudden it's like whoa this is actually like really fucked up. Then the popularity turns against them, and the political energy that would be brought brought about from trying to like ban abortion federally in New York in California shit oh god that would not be that would that would mobilize voters like really 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 hard i don't know you you would sign a federal abortion well, ban into I, law. I said this i said this i want to do what's right and we're looking and we want to do what's right for everybody but what's right but now for the first time the people that are pro-life have negotiating uh, capability because you didn't have it before they could kill the baby in the ninth month or after the baby was born that is not true obviously in case anyone watching didn't know that, just got to make sure. Now they won't be able but to I do that. But I think this is a really important question for you to answer because this is something all, every Republican, including those who are running against you for the nomination, are being asked about is would you sign a federal well, abortion ban into yeah. law? And many of them are going to give you the same answer as I. Uh, I am, first of all, I am honored to have done what I did. And a lot of people said, they said in 150 years, he's now the most consequential president because he saved so many lives. And I'm honored to have done it. And, and because of what I've done, we now have a great negotiating ability. That's what I do in life, I negotiate. We have a great negotiating ability, and I think we're going to be able to get what something do you mean done. If anything, the person who can take the greatest credit for um, Roe v. Wade being revoked, that would be uh, Mitch McConnell, by far, yeah. Well, Mitch McConnell, and hey, um, uh, uh, um, RBG, thanks for not retiring, bitch. Some of your Republican rivals have criticized you for not fulfilling the promises that you made on the campaign trail, like finishing the border wall. So how did voters know that you would get those done? If it, I, man, I actually don't want to blame RBG that much. I really feel like the McConnell situation should have been like, um, 
Like everyone should, Obama's legacy should be tainted. I don't even see liberals talk about this. Like Trump kind of set the stage for a lot of the bad stuff we're dealing with right now. Uh, not Trump, sorry, Obama. Obama set the stage because he let McConnell not appoint a Supreme Court justice in the last months of Obama's term. Something that was just flagrantly McConnell reneging on his constitutional responsibility. And the, the response from the liberals was to go like, wow, that was mean of him. Great, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. Obama should have just, like, they should have just forced a justice in. Literally, yeah. If, well, is that, is that, like, unconstitutional? Sure, but so is not seeing the appointment to begin with. Okay, yeah. What could Obama have done? Broken the rules. Republicans do it all the time. Constantly they break the rules. Uh, if you, you can't, you can't, like, expect to win if you're not going to fight on even terms. They can just not follow the rules. Uh, you have to be willing to meet that in kind. Yeah, it could have threatened to pack the court, but you know, they even, even that would have been like a legislative thing, which at the time he didn't have power over. He should have just put one in. Some of your Republican rivals have criticized you for not fulfilling the promises that you made on the campaign trail, like finishing the border wall. So how did voters know that you would get those done if you're reelected? I did finish the wall. I built a wall. I you built hundreds of miles of wall. And I finished it, and then I said, we have to build some more because there are areas like water going through a dam. There are some areas where a lot of people are coming. What? Is he, is he suggesting that Mexicans are making their way through the hydroelectric turbines of the... What? Is there... I wasn't aware there was a dam that straddled the U.S.-Mexican border. These guys, I call them Pedro, these Mexicans... They they swim down the river. They go through the they go through the dam. They go through the little spinny turbines. They swim like a fish. They bring cans of pinto beans with them, and by the time they're out the other side, they're refried beans. They spin so fast. We have to build a wall in the turbine. <laughs> little Mexican fish people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stupid coming you close up one and they come into another and we started another hundred miles of wall in fact i said to my people if we start this and don't finish it and then we had a rigged election i'm sorry to say it the and, election was and, not rigged oh, okay, mr good, president you I'm, can't I'm keep saying that saying all night that. long and some of your republican rivals have criticized the zero tolerance immigration policy that separated families at the border. If you are reelected, are you ruling out instituting that? Well, when you have that policy, people don't come. If the family oh. hears that they're going to be separated, they love their family. They don't come. Cool. Uh, violating international law and uh, uh, tearing children from their parents, you know. Ah, well, like the logic of this is like, oh, well, you know, immigrants won't make asylum claims in our country if we just beat them to death when they get here, you know. So I know it sounds harsh, but if you remember, remember they said I was building prisons for children. It turned out that it was Obama that was building but the prisons for the children. But would you re-implement that if you're reelected? Is well, that what you're saying? A, we have to save our country. Yeah, let go with blaming the policy on Obama. Meant to you. Um, the current administration has made it clear that we should continue to provide military equipment to Ukraine so that they can defend themselves. Do you support this decision, and how would you deal with the increasing threat posed by Vladimir Putin? First of all, thank you very much. It's really nice, and it's an important question, so important, because we're giving away so much equipment. We don't have ammunition for ourselves right now. We don't have ammunition for ourselves. We're giving away so much, but here's the thing. Okay, just to add a little bit of nuance to this, 
he's slightly correct on this point. Um, there are there are some uh, specific types of munitions that we are reaching the limits of what we consider to be an acceptable reserve amount. Like if we're giving away some types of equipment, we can't uh, we can't give away all of it, obviously, because you know we want it. So we're running low on some stuff. And the reason for this is because we actually have really outdated production facilities for some of our ammo. Okay, I could be wrong on this, but aren't there like only a couple of facilities that are uh, rated to give uh, 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 the army its ammunition? Like uh, factories? Hold on. Where does U.S. Army get its ammunition? Yeah, the Lake City Army Ammunition Plant, the LCAAP, is a 4,000-acre government-owned contractor-operated facility in Missouri um, established by Remington in 1941 to manufacture and test small caliber. Yeah, um, one, one of the problems is that apparently, like, we, we fund all of these, like, super impressive, you know, like, um, R&D projects, but we, uh, there's some... There are some uh, elements of our like back end production we just haven't been building up that much. What about that new rifle that needs ammo manufacturing? Well, that this is small arms, so I don't know where that comes from. But that shit's expensive, man. Yeah, but it's the same problem, King Jar Jerk. Like they rely overly here. Okay, where does the U.S. get its um, artillery ammunition from? Granton Army Ammunition Plant in Pennsylvania. Here we go. U.S. Army eyes six-fold production in boost of 155mm shells used in Ukraine. The U.S. Army will boost production of 155mm artillery shells more than six-fold to 85,000 a month by, by fiscal 2028? <gasps> what the... F why the... F is our back-end, like, ammunition production so slow? So it's currently at like what, eighteen, seventeen thousand a month, and we're going to up it to that by twenty twenty eight. Yeah, fourteen thousand a month. Building factories takes a lot of time. It's apparently something that we've been slacking on. It takes specialized equipment, maybe for one fifty five millimeter shells. Nah, do we really need it? Uh, well, apparently, yeah, because we want to give more of it to Ukraine. I've I've said before, I feel like America could probably do well to be a real arsenal of democracy. Like, one of the problems that we have is that a lot of the tech we use is so f***ing advanced that there's no point in giving it to countries like Ukraine. But I think it'd be pretty cool if we had, like, mass production of the kinds of stuff that could be used more readily by other countries. Like, I want America to be the IKEA of, of, of military industrial production, all right? If, if Ukraine or any other country that we like is having a kerfuffle, I don't want us to be deliberating over whether or not we should be sending them like insanely expensive, overproduced, hard to maintain, difficult to use in future tech when we could be producing like 1,000 tanks a day that were like top of the line back in 1982 and just send them over there, you know? Um, that'd be the good shit. You know what I'm talking about, right? Because this is literally a problem we're running into with Ukraine. We have stuff to give them, but, like, Russia just has so many people and so many tanks that are, like, shit compared to ours. But we can't send Ukraine, like, the, like a whole fleet of Abrams. They're really expensive. Bosh, I'm sorry, but this is psychotic. The U.S. has a history of toppling democracies. And support for Ukraine is an exception to the rule. Yeah, but if we want to topple a democracy, we, we can still do it. I don't think what I'm talking about would increase our ability to topple a democracy. Um, 
Because we can already do that if we want to. And have. Ukraine has Storm Shadow Missiles. That is such a stupid name. Cruise Missiles. Counteroffensive going to go well, huh? 300 kilometer range? Oh, Russia's going to be mad about this one. Holy shit. Oh, shit. As Ukraine seems on the cusp of its massive counteroffensive against Russian forces, arms donated by the U.S. and its allies keep pouring in. The bulk of Western main battle tanks bound for Ukraine are this model, the Leopard 1. More than 100 donated by Germany, Denmark, and the Netherlands. Old, but still dangerous, Ukrainians training on the tanks tell me. If we hit a Russian tank with this, it's done, the commander says. This tank can fire well from afar. Speed and maneuvering are also great. We caught up with Danish and German troops training Ukrainian crews. Everything from driving to battlefield maintenance. The Ukrainians only have about six weeks to not only learn to operate this tank, but also to effectively use it as a weapon. And when we I feel so f***ing bad for Ukrainian engineers, man. Every day they get in some new, like, they have to, like, translate the shit every time. It's like, okay, how do we use this one? Like, 78 different kinds of vehicles and munitions and artillery and blah, blah. It's pretty funny. Yeah, they're working overtime for sure. Anyway, God willing, this counteroffensive better go well. I'm switching sides. I'm an opportunist. I'll back Russia if the counteroffensive goes poorly. Have to say it to start off, no longer matters. If I were president, this would have never happened. And even the Democrats admit that Putin knew what? it would have never happened. And his pipeline would have never happened. A lot what? of things would have never happened. What? But this Which would Democrats never have happened. That, and Mr. all those President? dead people, both Russian and Ukraine. Completely ignored. Weak. It would, they wouldn't be dead today. And all those cities that are blown up and disintegrated right to the ground, that wouldn't have happened. Okay. Now, here's the problem. We've given so far $171 billion. They've given, meaning they, meaning European Union, which is approximately the same size altogether as our economy. They've given about 20. So we're at one... I'm pretty sure this is completely wrong, but I don't even care enough to check. 70, let's say, and they're at 20. Uh, you don't have to know too much about history to realize, or geography, to realize that they're a little bit more affected than we are, okay? So... They've got to put up a lot more money. Agreed. Because they're taking advantage of us like every other country did. That's why I ended NAFTA and replaced it with the USMCA, Mexico. But on Canada. this issue, Mr. President, I, I should know, I don't know any Democrats who have said they don't believe Putin would have been invaded if you were president. But her question is, would you continue to give Ukraine money and weapons if you're elected? Uh, What's the answer? I have a very good relationship with uh, President Zelensky because, as you know, he backed me up with the, with the phony uh, impeachment impeachment hoax number one, when he said, the president didn't do anything wrong. So that I happened to like, so I happened to like, yeah, that's weapons. right. And it, it was, I was totally exonerated, by the way, just a waste of time and money. You were impeached over that. Yeah, you were impeached, impeached over that, but let's stay on topic here, Mr. President. I don't actually remember what Zelensky said with regards to the impeachment, but considering the fact that Trump was president at the time and Zelensky is invested in maintaining a good relationship with the West, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Zelensky did try to cozy up to Trump during that time. Phony uh, impeachment, impeachment hoax number one, when he said the president didn't do anything wrong. So that I happened to like. So I happened to like. Yeah, that's weapons. right. And it, it was. I was totally exonerated, by the way. Just a waste of time. And oh, we just saw that. Why would he? Okay, I was. No, if the fucking looping. Don't think in terms of winning. And 
Absolutely. Do you over. want Ukraine to win this war? Uh, I don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled so we stop killing all these people and breaking down this, this country. Now, Trump doesn't think in terms of winning or losing. Okay, so he wants Ukraine to lose. Okay. What do you... Can I just follow up on that? You but said you don't think you in terms of winning and losing. Mr. President, can I just follow up on that? Because that's a really no, important excuse statement me, let me that just you just made up. there. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying, Russians and Ukrainians. I want them to stop dying. And I'll have that done. I'll have that done in 24 hours. I'll have it done. You need the power of the presidency to do it. But you but won't say that you want Ukraine to win. You, you know what I'll you say? In, I'll say this. Office. I want Europe to put. Isn't that a lefty take? Yeah. Well, I, I know all these like internet lefties are like, "Wow, I didn't realize that Trump was so based and against imperialism." I, I can't believe that Donald Trump, uh, the American fascist, is suddenly taking such a hard left stand in opposing Ukrainian neo-Nazism. Yeah, mega communism at the forefront. Um, obviously, he wants Russia to win, of course. He's been, he's been licking Putin's taint like the entire time that he's had the ability to do so. His uh, administration has always had close ties with the Kremlin. This is like not, it's very unambiguous. Uh, fascists like other fascists. They tend to get along. Put up more money because they're in for 20 billion. We're in for 170, and they should be, and they should equalize. They have plenty of money. They should equalize. I got with NATO. But I'm when I sat down, I got them right to now, put up Mr. hundreds President. of billions of. Absolutely. Do you want over. Ukraine? On an erotic opinion, by the way, Keck V. Trump's rhetoric is left here. Anytime you see a hammer and sickle in somebody's Twitter name, you know for a fact they're a fascist. Trump's rhetoric is left in Marion Williamson and Biden on Ukraine. Democrats left a huge opening. Trump took it. That's pathetic, right? When it comes to what's happening there, when you were in office, you said that you respected President Putin. Do yeah, you I still did. respect him today? Uh, he made a tremendous mistake. Made it. He made. He's a smart guy, you know. I remember I said he was smart. She was smart. They what said was his he mistake? said President Xi of China, right? Is smart. Okay, 1.5 billion people. He's the ruler of 1.5 billion people. I said, yeah, he's a smart guy. How dare he say he's smart? Of course he's smart. They want you to say he's a stupid person. Okay, he's not a stupid person. He's very smart. He's Incoherent. very Incoherent. And Putin made a bad mistake, in my opinion. What was his it mistake? Would have, his mistake was going in. He would have never gone in if I was president. We used to talk about it there. Do you believe that he, when it comes to what's happening? I don't even know what he said there. I have no fucking idea what he just said. I'm really sorry documents with you when you left the White House. I had every right to under the Presidential Records Act. You have the Presidential Records Act. I was there and I took what I took and it gets declassified. Uh, Biden, on the other hand, he has 1,850 boxes. He had boxes sent to Chinatown, Chinatown, where they don't speak even English in that Chinatown we're talking about. But I had every right to do it. I didn't make a secret of it. You know, the boxes were stationed outside of the White House. People were taking pictures of the GSA and the various I people. I got to stop you right there, though, because moving. the Presidential Records Act, which is not well known to a lot of people, I read it. it. It does not say that you can take documents with you. It says actually that they it are the property you, of the federal government. It says you talk, you negotiate, you, you make a deal. It's not criminal, by the it way. Does not, not, it's, it does the not Presidential Records negotiate. Act is not criminal. Why did you take those documents with you? When you Incoherent. She's just, she's too weak to push back against anything here. Like, he can just sort of confidently say anything over. Yeah, why are they standing now?
When it comes to your documents, did you ever show those classified documents to anyone? Not really. I would have the right to. By the way, they would declassify. Okay, so he did. Not but really. after, not, not that I can think of. Let me just tell you. Okay, so he did. I have the absolute right to do whatever I want with them. I have. Yeah, so he did. You held on to those documents when you knew the federal government was seeking them and then had given you a subpoena to return them. Are you them. ready? Are you ready? Can I talk? Yeah, what's you the mind? answer? Can, do you mind? I would like for you to answer the okay, question. Okay, it's very simple to That's answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple to You're a nasty person, I'll tell you. True. Can you answer why you, very why you held on to the documents? I was negotiating. Love that neutral audience, by the way. Great CNN town hall. And we were talking to Nara. That's why she... Why? Incredible stuff. When it comes to documents, do you still have any classified documents in your possession? Are you ready? Do you? No, no, I don't have anything. I have no classified documents. And by the way, they become automatically declassified when I took them. But no, why? You have to declassify. So he still has classified documents. Let me ask you a question. Why is it that Biden had nine boxes in Chinatown? And he gets a lot of money from China. Didn't he have 1,800 boxes? Or did he say 1,800 documents? Why is that? And there why, no why aren't that, people... President. No, you no, no. Can, you can why aren't people no bringing that up? That, and why president. don't they put this guy, Jack Smith, and his group had. of thugs, Mr. why president, don't they put him in charge of that? I, I need to stop you right there, because there's no evidence of, of what you just said there. What you're referring to there is an office... Pence also had classified documents. A lot of officials have classified documents at their home. The problem is that Trump uh, ignored requests from the uh, archives to bring them back. And then it seemed as though he had them improperly stored and was giving people access to U.S. like top secret confidential documents. Um, like uh, like to just look at them, you know, for money or for whatever other reason. I don't I don't think that's been like proven um, because it's pretty like impossible to prove unless somebody was stupid enough to take like a selfie with them and the, the secret documents in the background. Um, weren't they also nuclear? There, I'm pretty sure there were nuclear um, documents, but they weren't the codes. Uh, the codes aren't, I don't think they're like kept like that. Um, just classified material on the, uh, on the nukes. Um, so the, the, the problem wasn't that he had the documents, it's that he failed to give them back, had them improperly stored, and also was probably just letting people see them. All that you had with the Secretary Perfect of State, call. Brad Raffensperger. Yeah, sure. Given the fact that there are indictments expected to come in that case this summer, is that a call you would make again today? Yeah, I called questioning the election. I thought it was a rigged election. I thought it had a lot of problems. I had every, I guess he's Secretary of State, I called. Listen to this. There are like seven lawyers on the call, many of them from there. We're having a call. We're having a normal call. Nobody said, oh, gee, he shouldn't have said that. Why? If this call was bad, I questioned the election. You asked if this him call to find was bad, I didn't ask him to find anything. Let me We've just heard the audio if tape, this Mr. Call President. Was There's an bad. audio of you asking him to find I you 11,000 votes. I said, you owe me votes. votes because the election... So this is, this is, so I guess this is like the perfect encapsulation right here. We have an audio recording explicitly of Trump saying, find me those votes when he was losing in this, in this, uh, in this place. He, like he needs to find the votes. And then he just continues talking. There's no environment in which you can contest this on a factual basis. You have to break his, uh, you, have to, you have to break his ego. You have to treat him like a child. Oh, then why did people hear that audio? You know, do you want to go find the audio? We can play it on my phone if you want. I can hold it up to the microphone so everyone can hear it. We all know that you said this. I don't know why you're lying. Are you scared of what people will say if they heard you admit that you were lying? Are you concerned that if you don't continue lying, you might lose support? What's going on here? Like, yeah, if he starts rambling and not listening to you, mute his fucking mic on Discord. Yeah, but that is not, like, 
incivility is the only way of dealing with this because it is more truthful than just allowing him to ramble on. was rigged. That election was rigged. And if this call was bad, election, and we have, and when we can't make a call to question election results, then this country ought to just forget about it. You weren't just questioning the election results. I was you were questioning asking the election. To find you votes. And I should note that there is no evidence of fraud. There is no rigged election in the state of Georgia. I want to get back to the audience, though, Mr. President. <laughs> Honest to God, also, I, this might sound like kind of weird, but I stand by it. I don't think if you're going to do this, like, rare opportunity to try to grill Trump, you, I don't think you should have a woman doing it. People who like Trump hate women. Um, I feel like you need, like, this is like a pure optics or aesthetics thing. Like, you need some, like, square-jawed six-foot-four giga Chad. I mean it. It sounds dumb, but, like, even the most competent, intelligent, and well-intentioned woman is going to be hampered in this purely because Trump's audience is extremely misogynistic. Um, I, I think that it like things would be a lot better if you if you couldn't rely. Like, did you see how everyone applauded when he called her a nasty woman? Pe they love Trump doing shit like that. They live for those moments. You know, um, I think that like it's one of those situations where it's it's the exact same reason why like if you wanted to have someone tear down Andrew Tate, you would have Hassan do it and not like a woman because it doesn't matter how smart the woman is or how intelligent she is. Uh. Kate's audience isn't going to listen to a woman. You know what I mean? Waiting for the clip. Nothing that I just said is misogynistic. What I just said is actually an acknowledgement of misogyny. It's the opposite. I, I just made a feminist statement. One of the best things about having a diverse movement is that you have people who are members of groups that have a pull with predominantly biased or bigoted audiences, right? Like, there's a reason why I think it's important that you have like just, you know, white guys in the left, apart from the fact that white guys are people too, and they have a right to their opinions and to be a leftist and so on. Uh, but also because people like me can, um, can, can sway people who are maybe more biased against non-white non-men, you know? because those are false claims you're making about what happened in Georgia. John, Jordan Tullerberger is here. He's an undeclared voter from Hollis. He undeclared voter of the outcome. The woman answered again. If I think it's an honest election, I would be honored to. And right now, we are so far ahead of both Democrat and Republican. And you know what? If I don't win, this country is going to be in big trouble. It's so sad to see. Notice what he just said. We are so far ahead of Democrat and Republican. What he means is he's at the top of the, um, the primary polling for Republicans. But the framing here really makes it sound like he considers himself distinct from the GOP. Probably because the GOP has made an effort to institutionally promote DeSantis. It makes me feel like even if DeSantis doesn't run, Donald Trump will still do stuff to irritate or to anger um, uh, GOP, uh, 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 you know, um, beneficiaries. What's happening? But no commitment there on the accepting the results regardless of the if, outcome. If it's an honest election, correct, but, I will. Okay, so not committing to accepting the 2024 election results. Or See that? See that? See? See that? Or acknowledging what happened in 2020. Go President ahead. Trump, I want to thank you for coming here tonight. This is an important conversation with voters to hear and to have. Thank you to our audience and to our host, St. Anselm College. CNN's coverage continues with Anderson Cooper and Jake Tapper. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Katie. Good job. Thank you, Katie. Thank you guys. We Phenomenal.
tweets about Pence's ability to overturn the election, about COVID, about the economy, and more. He called a black law enforcement officer a thug. He said people here in Washington, D.C. at Chinatown don't speak English. He attacked Caitlin as a nasty woman because she was trying to get him to answer a question. Perhaps most chillingly, the day after a nine-person jury of his peers in New York found him liable for sexual battery and defamation and ordered him to pay writer E. Jean Carroll $5 million, he made fun of her account of her sexual assault. And many in the audience laughed. The, and applauded. The former president making his first appearance tonight on this network since the 2016 election. He spoke with and took questions. Nice. And what a great appearance it was. So this has, uh, this has received an enormous amount of criticism. Obviously, it got a lot of viewers because it's good television. But yeah, people have been attacking CNN quite a, quite a bit over this. It's, it's pretty pathetic, you know. I don't think CNN is really going to be able to win that much of a market share because Republicans, as they are right now, are looking for Newsmax more than they are for CNN. If they want conservative commentary, they'll stick with Fox. Like, even if they want, like, you know, what I guess some MAGA voters would call, like, rhino commentary. Like, they have Fox. They don't need to go over to CNN. It's just a desperate effort. to It, it really is important to understand just how much time, energy, and money Republicans put into completely controlling the media. You know, current CNN chairman Chris Leaked may uh, has been trying to shift the network's reputation away from being an anti-Trump voice. That's that's what you want journalistic news organizations to do, to shift away from being opposed to one of the most prolific liars in American political history. Lynch told us to staff he was proud of Collins in the event. He said the public was served very well by what we did last night because it let people know what was at stake in the 2024 election. A spineless fucking piece of shit. Uh, a fascist collaborator at best and a fascist at worst, uh, openly giving airtime to this, uh, uh, this horse shit, knowing fully well they're doing so at the cost of American democratic stability because it makes him money, because it got airtime, because it got views. A lot of people have been attacking him over his apparent acceptance of this. Like, yeah, listen to the way he talks here. No respect whatsoever for truth as a concept, which is not something you want from a journalistic organization. Licht began CNN's 9 a.m. editorial call by praising Caitlin Collins for a masterful performance last night. Couldn't be more proud of her. You do not have to like the former president's answers, but you can't say we didn't get them, Licht told staffers, many of whom are angry about the town hall. Caitlin pressed him again and again and made news, made lots of news, and that is our job. Literally, like, he's, he's just literally like, um, it got attention and that's it. We made news and that's our job. While we may have all been uncomfortable hearing the people clapping, that was an important part of the story, leaked ads, because those folks represent a large swath of America. No! More people in America disapprove of Trump than approve. Why not fill the audience proportionally with two-thirds hating Trump and one-third liking him? This is total horseshit. Completely fucking made up. Uh, we wanted to give voice to the silent majority. They're not the majority! Fill it proportionally, then. Have it be a jeering cacophony of 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 booze and cheers uh mostly booze whenever he says anything that would be a lot more honest i would prefer that covering trump is tricky and messy leaked says and will continue to be messy and tricky but it's our job he confidently says america was served very well by what we did last night many cnn employees strongly disagree what a piece of shit i think john stewart would have been a good host i think john stewart could host basically anything and do a great job yeah Tonight, former president and current presidential candidate Donald Trump answered, I think it across the uh, sexually of, of Republican voters who laughed. 
Joining us now is Democratic New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Hi. Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez, it's a real honor and a pleasure to have you here tonight. I'm sorry that this is what we have to be talking about. Um, yesterday, when that verdict was read, I think a lot of people felt like there was real progress in American society for victims of sexual assault. Today, listening to the howls of laughter as the former president of the United States made fun of a woman that he was found criminally liable for sexually assaulting, to howls of laughter uh, in the room, it felt like something far worse than backsliding or regression. I'm not sure what to call it. I wonder what you make of where we are as a culture. Well, you know, I think even yesterday what we saw was the profound courage uh, and sacrifice that a survivor like E. Jean Carroll makes, and survivors across the country make, many who often go unrecognized in the courageous act of coming forward um, to tell their story of an assault. And I think what we saw tonight is a continued demonstration of the sac— Would you simp for AOC? I don't know what simp means anymore. Everyone knows AOC is pretty. I used to think that a, 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 a simp was like a, a person who was overly deferential or like subservient to a lady who wasn't even that nice, you know? But I think at this point, it just means you like women. Sacrifice that women and survivors of sexual abuse across the country of all genders experience. And the love having this conversation to an overture of them talking about the, um, the mistreatment of women who have experienced sexual violence. Sacrifices that they make in order to come forward and challenge power. And what we also saw tonight was the consequence of doing that. They sacrificed their anonymity, they sacrificed their safety, and they sacrifice all of this because we continue to live in a society where an overwhelming amount of structures allow this abuse to happen and find it permissible. Uh, you know, I, I know you said earlier that you will not comment on the platforming of um, such atrocious disinformation, but I would. I think it was a profoundly irresponsible decision. I don't think that it would I would be doing my job if I did not say that. Um, Again, I just want to be clear. My issue is never with platforming itself. It's always with irresponsible platforming. I think you can platform basically anyone under some set of circumstances. The question is, can you platform them in a way that serves the public good? And Donald Trump isn't like an impossible rhetorician or anything. Uh, his weakness is his huge ego. It gives him the strength to lie flagrantly when, when confronted with opposite evidence, you know, but it also means that uh, he's uh, quite fragile when probed in the right way. So I think that there is a good way to handle him. Uh, but you can't, you don't want to handle him with the pretense of like looking to get his answers because his answers are incomprehensible gibberish. I don't care about his answers. You want to destroy him. There is no neutrality in platforming people like that. And what we saw tonight was a series of extremely irresponsible decisions that put a sexual abuse victim at risk, that put that person at risk in front of a national audience, and I could not have disagreed with it more. It was shameful. Um, I think a lot of people are going to echo those points in the coming hours and days. The, the behavior of the president was... Um, which, you know, our expectations for it, I think, collectively are fairly low, uh, but he exceeded uh, even those low expectations. I, I have to ask you how you felt 
about and how you feel about the revisionism around January 6th. We have heard four months now that January 6th rioters, insurrectionists, uh, there to steal an election are heroes, people who've been treated badly, people who deserve better conditions because they're being treated like, quote unquote, hell. The president, former president, echoed that and suggested he might pardon all, many, if not all of them. You mm -hmm. survived January 6th, and I believe you, you said it felt like you were going to die. I think it's really important in this moment to champion the voices of victims. And as someone who was a victim that day, how does this all feel to you? How does this narrative feel to you? You know, I, I made a statement about two weeks ago. And in that statement, I stated that January 6th was just a dress rehearsal for some of these folks. And, and I believe that uh, the former president... The one, the one thing for which I have to praise AOC the most, I think, the thing that I think she's always been the most like on the ball about, is the fact that she's, um, she's always been really insistent that like our country's on a timer with the Republicans, you know? Um, that that uh, Jan 6 was not a one-and-done event, that they'll do it again. They want to do it again. They're telling you they'll do it again. She's always been pretty clear about that. Um, a lot of Democrats won't even broach that, you know? Even during the January 6th committee, the way they were talking about what Donald Trump did made it seem more like they were like, yeah, this, this bad thing he did was bad, you know? Not, we have an ongoing effort to, like, enact an authoritarian coup in our country of which we are dissecting a piece or like a, a moment in time. No, just like, yeah, let's let's re-examine this event. And really echoed that sentiment tonight. Why else would you pardon people who perpetuated a terrorist attack on the United States Capitol um, other than for reasons to support the person in a potential effort to do it again? We also saw that he refused tonight to say and commit that he would not only recognize the results of the 2020 election, but also refused outright to acknowledge any outcome and respect any outcome of a 2024 election. This is a profoundly dangerous moment. What we saw on January 6th was a dress rehearsal, because what we are seeing is—, is that being set as an example in state legislatures across the country, in the ability to really suspend democracy in states like Tennessee and Montana, where they are following the president's example and they are committing truly unprecedented acts in attempts to either expel, censor, censor or generally uh, bar um, members, duly elected legislative uh, officials from— Misspoke. It's over entering their their legislative bodies in which they have been elected to. This is a profoundly dangerous moment to see someone deny it, for him to also be platformed in the lie that he had somehow attempted um, to, to call the National Guard. I will tell you, we were barricaded in a room with the lights off and that entire day, hearing the screams from outside our window, trying to figure out if we were going to break the glass to jump out, and if so, how would we not be recognized or, or killed on the street? Um, and we knew when the sun was setting that night and the National Guard had, had you know, there was no, no indication that help was coming, it was terrifying. But that would not— And remember, the right has done nothing but make fun of her for saying this, you know? Like, the building was getting stormed with people who absolutely wanted to kill her. 
Um, and she was like, yeah, this is pretty fucking spooky, you know? Uh, and, 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 uh, the right has just done nothing to make fun of her for that, you know? Because, like, because, oh, like, obviously, like, they wanted it to happen, but also they think it's funny that she was scared. Hold, that won't even hold a candle to what Donald Trump is capable of. He was stopped on January 6th. Let's remember that. He was stopped from what he ultimately wanted to do. And he repeated that tonight. He said what should have happened was that Mike Pence should have overturned the election. That is what he said tonight. For as bad as January 6th is, I believe that the president would—the uh, former president, former President Trump, would not—would would not have qualms about going further, without a shadow of a doubt. You know, it's, it's, I think it's hard for us to grapple with the future that Trump has sort of outlined for the Republican Party, if not the country, what he would like— Unless you watch, of course, uh, the channel Vosh, in which case it's all pretty straightforward and obvious. All right, that's enough of that. Jesus. What a terrible town hall.